who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really blown to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL. When things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah, like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Network. All right, shout out to the mighty Who That Nation, man. Appreciate y'all being in this episode of The Coma. Much love to the fam. Coffee with Q. It's a little later than what we wanted to get going, but shout out to the fam. Appreciate y'all being in this episode, man. Big ups to the fam. And like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the sports coma with Big Q and the guys, but we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. Shout out to the fam. Appreciate you being in this one. Uh, and if we're going to, you know, have an opportunity to win, our offensive line is going to have to play well. Does that affect the backs at all? Just kind of when there is a different guy, like, I don't know if there's like a level of chemistry, just kind of know. Yeah, well, I think all that, you know, is orchestrated together, you know. And so um, I think the more continuity you have, the better it's going to be. Uh, but yet that's not the world we live in. You know, we don't live in a, in a perfect world where it's always exactly how we want it to be. And we got to be able to adjust and um, still perform at a high level. Dennis, I look at Antoine Winfield's uh, numbers are kind of crazy this year. A lot of forced fumbles, a lot of sacks, a lot of that. What kind of jumps out about him here? Um, look, a lot. You know, um, he's a really good tackler. Um, he's smart. He's instinctive. Really good around the ball. Um, he's a good pressure player. They blitz him a lot. Um, he's just a hell of a football player um, and, and, and makes, makes a lot of plays. And so um, he's one of those guys that we have to identify. I think he's one of the better players on their defense. And so we got to know where he's at and uh, be able to account for him. It feel like more cognizant than usual just about ball security when somebody's just so like a – Yeah, absolutely. Lucky. I mean, I think these guys, you know, traditionally they've – you know, Todd Bowles' defenses – have done a good job of taking the ball away. They attack the football. They try to uh, – they're punching at the ball every every opportunity they have. So uh, we're going to have to do a great job with ball security um, in this game. Everybody that's got the ball in their hands um, really at the end of the day has the livelihoods of, you know, all of us in their in their hands, and they got to make sure they're, they're, uh, they're protecting the ball as such. What do you think you guys have been just so good at, like, affecting punts and getting guys in situations to do that? Now, look, I mean, I think – you know, I think Riz does a good job with special teams, him and Phil both. Um, 
you know, they work hard at it. Uh, they, they, they really work at designing ways to, you know, get guys free to, to get to the, to get to the punter. Um, and then I think our guys, you know, have, have, you know, executed the plan. And uh, we got a lot of guys on special teams. I think have played well, you know, in that, in that phase of the game uh, in, in all phases, both in the coverage units and uh, in the return units. Yeah, he's responded well, um, you know, Everything doesn't go exactly how you want it to go all the time. And sometimes you have some rough patches and sometimes you have some adversity that you have to face. Um, there's nobody that nobody that's ever gone through life in general has ever gone through life without any adversity, you know, and it's really about how you respond to it. And so he's had a good week of practice. Um, and I'm excited about going out and watching him play. And uh, I think he'll play well. Given he's a younger player, do you have to approach that any differently or? How has the communication been between you and him and getting him back to the Yeah, look, I think the communication's been been good. Um, you know, um, look, he's 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 playing a position that he, he really hadn't played a lot uh, up until, you know, this season. And, and um, you know, there's a lot that goes on at that position. Um, but, you know, he's he's responded to every challenge that he's that he's been faced with. And this is just another one he's faced with and he'll respond well. Who did see Alvin today? Was there- uh, Alvin and Lou Headley both were out with an illness today. First time you guys faced them, Derek Carr was still kind of affected by the shoulder injury. Just now that he's healthy, how big of a difference do you think that'll make? Well, hopefully it's going to be a big difference, you know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a one-man game. You know, obviously we need Derek to play well, but we need everybody around him to play well also. And so, um, you know, it's going to be a, you know, a total team effort. Is the expectation that Well, he's available. Now, whether he's up for the game or not, um, you know, we'll wait and make that determination on game day. Yes, I know you, you, the, the whole team knows the situation. The coaching staff knows the whole situation, which you've got these last few games. How have you felt the team has responded um, leading up to this, just this week in terms of, Knowing what is on the line. Yeah, here. I think I think all of us understand what's on the line here, um, and and so uh, I thought we had a good week of prep, and now we just got to go out and do it on Sunday. Oh my goodness! You know, um, I mean, fam, we I've been doing this for a long time, man, and all I can say is, how I, if I had a $20 bill for every time I heard Dennis Allen said we had a good practice section. We had a good prep section that we understand, understand uh, this, the, the situation that's going on right now. We understand the enormity of, of the situation that we're in. Did they understand that last week when we took on the Rams that we could not have any more letdowns? I was saying it prior and people were saying it. Listen, we got, we got to beat the Rams. If we are serious about winning, we're serious about breaking the playoff slide, the two game, the two year playoff slide that we're currently underneath. If we're going to break that slide, we have to be able to beat these teams down the stretch. We done lost all of the games that we, you know, that we could lose whatever cushion they thought they had. They didn't have it. losing to Green Bay, losing to Minnesota, losing to Houston, losing to Atlanta, losing to teams like this. You've removed any room for error. We said I was saying that last week. And he was saying that we understand what it is. We know what we got to do, blah, 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 blah. And then they get out there and they lose. And then here we go again with the same stuff 
that I hope, I hope uh, we, it just, I don't know. As this is not how this not type of energy you want to have. If you know you facing dire straits, you have to, you got to pep this energy up, man. You got to speak more decisively. Like you got to command the team. You got to promise wins, even though he promised one win last time and they didn't, re- <laughs> didn't respond. They didn't back him up. So, I mean, we'll see how this goes, man. Every week we get good practices. Just sometimes it don't translate to play on the field. You see disconnections between the quarterback and wide receivers running different routes. They're not on the same page. We say that every game. We see the offensive line. One of the worst things that I've seen this entire season was the up and down offensive line play that the Saints exhibit. The offensive line is wretched. We know Ram has been dealing with issues with uh, you know, honestly enough, Landon Young actually has played a pretty decent games up there on the right tackle position. He actually performed pretty admirably. But when you talk about the rest of the veterans that the Saints have on that offense, I mean, totally up and down. McCoy uh, up and down. Ruiz up and down. Peach uh, gets beat constantly, you know, up and down. He's on the ground. All, he Not as much as McCoy is on the ground. So much so, like I joked about it, I said I was thinking McCoy was trying to become a gardener. You know, he was <laughs> he was down there talking to the to the grass, man, <laughs> trying to figure out what they got going on on the ground constantly. And and then James Hurst almost looked like he's ready for the Hurst. I mean, listen, man, I, it's just you can't compete with that type of style of play. And this is a line that's been together for some time. These guys are not new guys outside of Landon Young playing or he's been with the Saints as well. But this is really uh, his first really solid opportunity to have a stretch of games, which he's had an opportunity to play. But the rest of these guys have no excuse. They've been here and, and plenty of starting experience underneath them. It's no excuse for them to look this bad. And Doug Marone needs to be demoted. and Somebody else needs to be put over the team because this has been a season-long thing when they are up and down and it makes no sense for them to be playing like this as disjointed when they pull and set up screens and whatnot. They don't, they don't even get over there. And when they do get over there, they don't even block most of the times. You know, they'll have three guys in front of Elvin Kamara and somebody will get through and make the tackle on Elvin Kamara. And they got two or three guys ahead of them that's supposed to be blocking. It's just like it's constant foolishness when you put the tape on of guys. It's just it's, it's poor efforts by in many of these different reps that you see these guys out. The offensive line, there is no hope for this team winning any games until the offensive line really start earning their money. I'm I'm serious. You can't, you, you're going into Tampa Bay. You won't be able to beat Tampa Bay in their building without having a running attack. You are going to need a running attack on the road against the Buccaneers. If you think you're going to beat the Bucs with Carr, you are crazy. He stares people down too much for that. You want to limit his attempts. You don't want him to be out there navigating the offense for you because he's a guy that always he he gets in trouble. He stares down half the field and sometimes he stares down wide receivers and a guy like Winfield going to get him. You think your boy from Atlanta had a play day against him. Wait till Winfield gets out there. He's going to make it bad. He's going to take advantage of the stare downs. So all this, you, you, the, the Saints need a running attack and a balance attack to get that win on the road against the Buccaneers. And they're going to need their defense to step up and provide pressure on Baker Mayfield and a lot of, not allow him to sit back there and be comfortable. But shout out to you, Brent. Thank you for the super chat. It says West Coast Saints, who that? Good morning to you, fam. Appreciate you as well. And he also had another one. Brent says, respond to adversity. How? No adjustments, low expectations. It's clear to who that nation, which these fools are not a part of, have way higher expectations 
for the team. Thank you, Brent. Appreciate it. I want to say thank you. Thank you very much for picking me up and bringing me back to this world. Yes, and, th- and that's one of the things that we look at here. Thank you, Brent, once again, man. That, yeah, this is this is one of the things that we talked about, like dealing with the team, man. It's it's one of these things that you we, we talk about all the time. Now, you know, it's just, I, I, I don't get it, man. I really don't. And I want the team to win, right? I want the, I want the team to perform. I want the team to win. I want to break this two-game or two-season playoff drought that we're currently underneath. We don't, we don't have time for this. We really don't have time for this madness, man. But anyway, let me go ahead on and uh, move on to this one right here. Then we'll get right into the getting ready to get on up out of here. But listen, let me play this for you guys. And shout out to Renee. Shout out to Renee. Appreciate Renee uh, sending me this. She she tweeted this at me and gave me some game on that. So I'm going to share this. Shout out to Renee. Appreciate you uh, for sending me some game. I always try to shout out the family members. GM Kev and the rest of the family members always send me some stuff to kind of look at. This is what's from the um, Overtime podcast. And I don't really watch a lot of um, television per se. I do a lot of stuff. I'm always, if I'm not article editing or, you know, whatever I'm doing, whether it's Saints, Pelicans, boxing or college football stuff. I don't have time to kind of view other podcasts and stuff like that, but some stuff that are relevant to what we talk about, family members will send me and I'll watch it. So a lot of times I don't get to see a lot of this stuff and I got to credit them for sending me a lot of stuff to kind of say, Q, you need to look at this. And that's what I'll do. But this is something that we talked about because I've been telling the family members to who that nation about What's going on with the contract of Dennis Allen and why so much speculation around the contract? Well, if you do some research, just a little short cursory, you know, research on online, there is the, the contract for Dennis Allen, the length of years and the time of the you know, amount of the contract is not disclosed. The Saints don't want to tell you anything. So the people don't actually know what it is. I've heard three. I've heard four. And this is just their take on it. Guarantees. No, especially this week. Now, look, we mentioned the last pod. The Saints are pretty good coming off that mini buy. They've won their last four coming off that Thursday night mini buy or Friday, depending on the, the Christmas day game back mm-hmm. in 2020 on a Friday. So, look, they got some things working in their favor. And, you know, the vibe in the locker room this week was pretty matter of fact, pretty pretty similar to what it's always been. It's it's, it's a real hard thing to read because they've been so – you just never know. But eight and nine, I think he returns. But I think he returns with some significant turnover on his staff. Maybe most of the offensive coaching staff, even, maybe even some guys on the defense. Like I don't think people are really talking much about the drastic drop-off from Ryan Nielsen to Ty Grantham, a defensive line. So I think 8-9, he comes back. He's able to, hey, reprogram this thing. Hey, we got a, a fresh voice offensively. It's going to work better. New creative voice, new creative lens to look at this offense. And we're going to try try to shake things up. And then obviously year three at that point would be playoffs or bust. And I think right. he signed an initial three-year deal. Um, and obviously nine and eight, if he wins out, I think he's back. All right. So that was a mouthful. So the talk, and this is most of these guys are inside the locker room. This is the field they got. And of course, some information was leaked earlier, uh, well, several weeks ago about what insiders saying that Dennis Allen is safe. Why would Dennis Allen be safe in the team if the team finishes without getting into the playoffs? And this is a, a ferocious 
league in which you have to win to keep your job. So how does how is Dennis Allen so safe in New Orleans? Is New Orleans on an island, literally, from the rest of the NFL and how they think? No, they're not. The only person that's on the island, uh, you know, that needs to be, you should be on Sentinel <laughs> is Mickey Loomis. Mickey Loomis is out of his mind, man. I, I mean, what can I tell you? How do you not put the rest of the NFL? You have to win to keep your job. And it's disrespectful on so many levels for Mickey Loomis to behave in this manner. Almost entitled, entitled mentality that Loomis has to sit up here and call with your, your dysfunction, you know, your distrust or not distrust, rather your this, this, uh, distaste, you know, your upsetness about the New Orleans Saints. He sees it and you voicing your opinion about how their how their team is, how his team is performing is noise to him. I mean, he literally, who thinks like that, but some crazy fool somewhere who, who you're a public, you supposed to be in service of the, who that nation. That's what, that's what this is. You're not in service to yourself. You're a general manager of the football team. You supposed to, your whole damn job is to appease people to support the team. You're not operating with your money, meaning whatever you're getting, you're getting from them. So if you're going to get something from them, you better make sure they're happy. That's all that matters. Before him to behave, like I'm going to just keep this guy, even though they'll be upset. And we're hoping that we'll fire Pete Carmichael and change out the offensive line coach, change out whomever, and then keep Dennis on. It won't work, family. It won't work. It will not work. Dennis Allen on top of the team is a major problem while the Saints are underperforming changing out his offensive coordinator when he should have did that already just by doing it won't work. The reason why they're doing this is because that is cheaper to talk about keeping Dennis Allen and firing his offensive coordinator or whatever they're going to do is cheaper than firing Dennis Allen, breaking his contract and finding somebody else to replace him. That's money that that's how they're looking at this. That's how they're looking at it. And the reason why they have that mentality is because they're, Big, fat, and entitled. The same we've been we've been supporting this team now with sold sold out uh, events for some time now, and they become entitled. They become so entitled that they don't want to listen to you. They consider what you saying as noise. I'm not saying this is what I've played on this show with what they're saying. With General, what Mickey Loomis is saying, he doesn't care about you being upset that his team is stank because he he created the team. He hired the head coach. And when it didn't work out the first year, he brings brings the guy back the second year, and the team is seven and eight. They are one loss away from missing the playoffs again. And even if they lose two more games, Mickey Loomis is going to try to keep him because he does, it's not the fact that he loves or cares about Dennis Allen because nobody's that important in the NFL world. If you're not winning, you have to go. But it's the money thing. They're so disrespectful that it would rather – Keep him on top of the team because it is cheaper to switch out his offensive personnel than it is for him for them to fire him and hire another coach to do it the right way. You see what I'm getting at? That's what this is. Is that's why they're not going to. Nobody else is going to say that. And this is the that's the God honest truth of what's going on here. It's about money. It ain't about no loyalty. Ain't no loyalty in the NFL. It's a straight driven money business. It's all about money and supposed to be about results. So the reason why he's going to try to keep Dennis Allen is because they don't want to break the contract that are that by the way, they're currently hiding from you. 
They don't want to tell you how many years. And the guy just said here is three years. I heard four years. They got people saying it's three or four years. They guesstimating here. They don't know. But I've asked the damn question to Loomis or Dennis Allen. What is your contract, your contract length and how much are you getting paid? Haven't heard that question. Haven't heard it. All of the billions of questions during out this season. Haven't heard that question to these people. Why? Have they been instructed not to ask about the contract? That would be an easy one for you to get. Ask him how much is the contract so we don't have to guesstimate whether it's three to four years or estimated between six to eight million dollars. That's what it is. No, they don't know. And your job is to get the answer. But I'm telling you, nobody else is saying that. But that's the reason why that contract is not disclosed because they're paying him more than what he's worth. And they don't want to break that contract so that they can hire somebody else to do his job. That's too much money that they don't want to spend. So Mickey Loomis would rather inconvenience you than to save a few dollars, than to, to, to kick out a few dollars. While they spend tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars to renovate the Superdome. So you go down there and buy up that, that high-ass stuff that they got down there, that $20 nachos and the $10 pops and all that kind of crap. It's just terrible, man. So, I mean, that's what it comes down to, man. And it is what it is. We have to figure in, in, it is what it is. So that's the, that's like one of the things we talk about all the time. What's up with that? Why, why, why don't, why don't, what's up with that? What's going on? This is still in the NFL world. Saints are not separate from that. Guys still have to win as a head coach to keep their job. All right. Tramal says, Q, did you hear Mickey's words when asked about drafting a QB? Yeah, I covered that. You said it was a silly question. Yeah, I covered that. I, I talked about that when he did it. We we I played damn near all of that interview. And after I heard that, I got so disgusted, I turned it off. Yeah, that we're in the middle. He said that we're in the middle. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to go there. And that's a silly question. We're, you know, you're asking me to cart. You're asking me to uh, talk about the quarter and drafting a quarterback in the middle of the season. I'm not going to do that. And notice how he said that at toward the end. I'm not going to do that. He said it like that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going down that. When they let him get away with it. Say, hold on, Mickey, man. People want to know. And before Abel served up the question, he had to tap dance around and say, well, listen, it ain't coming from me. This is coming from the people. The people, the people asking me the question. Not gotta, you don't have to do all that, brother. Just ask the damn question. Ask the question. But if that guy, that thin skin, that he can't deal with that type of question, bro, what, what are you doing here then? What are you doing, dealing here? What, what, are you, what, what, what are we doing here? If you're in a position as a general manager, you're operating with a team, prepare to be asked questions. Prepare to get asked questions. Most questions, some questions, you can't have all softball questions like that guy who be asking them, serves them up softball questions all the time. Some questions are going to have a degree of difficulty that you're going to have to ask. And really, you know, Unless it's, you know, when it's, if it's dealing with the team and it's not a personal matter with players or them, then that is fair game. I can ask you about anything pertaining to whatever decision that you made that was out in the public's view. Anything, including, you know, what's what's up with the contract of Dennis Allen and why won't, why don't we know the the real, you know, the real deals or the, the details behind it? Why don't we know that? Why Why are you guys not releasing that? Because that is the answer behind everything. I'm telling y'all, man. That's the reason why it ain't got nothing to do with no loyalty. Ain't no loyalty in the NFL. Ain't no integrity in the NFL. It's none of that. This is a driven, it's a greedy, money-driven business. It's a greedy, money-driven business where these people will do just about anything for the paper. I'm just keeping it a buck 15 with you. I'm keeping it. 
And Mickey Loomis is not going to do that because he knows that the Houdat Nation will completely thrash him publicly for paying Dennis Allen that kind of money and giving him that type of security. When he doesn't deserve it, you got to earn it. Dennis Allen done nothing as a head coach to deserve security. He hadn't done anything. Your team is underperforming and he's wasting away the window that you have. Foolish people. Foolish. Thank you, all. Appreciate it. I want to say thank you. Thank you very much for picking me up and me back to this world. Yeah, it's really insane, man, to, to be honest with you. Brent says it's confusing how they've gotten in these positions without learning, adjusting, and overcoming. It's a political good old boy game. Come on, man. Hey, bro. Come on now, dog. Come on, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like I said, we we covered this before about Mickey Lomas and some of the stuff that Mickey Lomas and his decision making. It's not really difficult to understand when you go back in your mind frame and remember how he dealt with Sean Payton, because that's a lot of his success was 20 some odd years with Sean Payton. When he gets to 200 wins, he wasn't over Sean Payton's back. He don't his his approach is to let you run the team. And it worked for many years because Sean Payton had some good sense. He had a good mentor. He was not perfect, but he was fundamentally strong in a lot of things. He was a disciplinarian and a guy that was very imaginative about keeping the team motivated. He would bring in motivators. He would bring in guys from outside to like, like Avery Johnson and others who would talk to them to keep them motivated. He performed mock funeral processions, like when he took over the team to get rid of the negative spirits that were once occupying the dome in his perspective. He'll bring, he brought in the, vo- the voodoo priestess. They dance around in the dome and he did that twice. Remember he does that. Now, whether he believed that or not, that was definitely crucial to this overall psyche of the who that nation, because what it did was it created a separation between the old dead saints and the new saints. He was intelligent enough to do that. That is none of this stuff isn't within Dennis Allen. None of it is in within a Dennis Allen is none of this is within it. He has none of the managerial abilities that you would want a head coach to have to take him to the next level. And and some players, and they're really good ones, don't want to play for him because he not only is that, but he encompasses in backstabby ways, like what happened with Jameis Winston. And there was other things that happened too. Backstabby ways and hip and very Hippocratic or uh, hip, you know, hip hop hypocrisy type moves, if you get what I'm getting at. It very, you know, like the overall uh coddling of, De- of Derek Carr as opposed to criticizing his play. When Derek Carr does well, like he did in the Giants game, he gets in the presser and stand up there and talk and literally talks about how good Carr does and da 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 da. But when he stinks it up the next week, oh, it's a team thing. So he wants to, when Carr does well, put put his name out there. But when he doesn't do well, it's a team thing. You see, you can't do that. You can't. And they're protecting him. And what that's doing is that's hurting Derek Carr because whatever you are supposed to do to help improve his game, because he got a lot of flaws in his game. Derek has a lot of flaws in his game and it won't get fixed playing like that operating in, in a coddling fashion. You can't coddle him. You can't coddle a $150 million quarterback. That's stupid. You got to tell it like it is. You can't cover up and hide his errors and his mistakes. It don't work like that. You have to fix those things for the saints to have success and him staring down half the field. The more majority of the time will not give you the success that you need because he's easily game planned against. Any safety just studies his eyes and follows them to the ball and they making interceptions. And on top of that, with the offensive line, not providing any real running support, give, opening up rush lanes for Elvin Kamara and Jamal Williams, who had 18 rushing touchdowns in the starting capacity last year for the Lions, has zero touchdowns, rushing touchdowns this year for the Saints. Barely scratching over 200 yards rushing for the team. 
despite the fact he missed several games due to injury, that still don't account for why he only has 200 yards rushing in a complimentary fashion to Elvin Kamara, who barely has 700 yards rushing this season. So, I mean, in the end, the entire matrix of the Saints offense stinks. The offensive line stinks. It really, it, it really does. It stinks. And it, it at times did allow car time to throw. But like I said, it's a lot of stuff that people who really want to win have to fix with this team, offensively speaking, for them to have the type of success they need to have. But a $150 million quarterback that's staring guys down out there, that won't end well, bro. That won't end well. If they, if I know it and I can see it on film, best believe the defense can see it too. I'm just keeping it real. Josh says, Q, how mad would you be and Peyton moved up in the draft and picked Josh Daniel. I wouldn't be mad at all, bro. It'd be justice. Like, I'm not really mad at all right now, bro. I'm, I'm, I kind of figured this stuff out because I know what time, like, people are frustrated because they don't know what's going on. But once you figure it out and see what's going on, because it ain't hard to tell, fam. It really not hard to tell. When I went back and researched Mickey Loomis's um, general manager style, he, he's, a, he's a general manager. He's a not getting involved general manager. He'll hire you and leave you alone. And let you do what you got to do. And then if you fail, he'll come out and make excuses for you. And then spend a bunch of narratives for you once the year is over with. And that's what he does. He, If you stinking and you, you falling through the floor, you're losing games stupidly, he'll, he won't get on you. He'll leave you alone, let you destroy the team, run him into the ground. And then he'll, at the end of the year, spend an excuse like he's upset with you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.